0: Hey, wait, can we hang on? Hang on just a second. Sorry, I, hey, you guys don't ever hear my voice. My name's Brian. I'm the, I'm the nerd that puts the Epic Narrative together. Thanks for listening, by the way. I'm interrupting to let you guys know about a contest that we're running uh, for a new logo for the Epic Narrative. If you're a fan of the Epic Narrative and you happen to be good at graphic design or digital art and you'd like to take a crack at designing a new logo for us, we would love that. We're going to be running a contest starting Monday, March 7th, 2022, through Sunday, April 10th, 2022, You can submit any art designs that you have for a new logo for The Epic Narrative to thebobswitzer at gmail.com. And if we think it represents The Epic Narrative well and we fall in love with it, uh, you will win a $50 Apple Pay credit that we will send over to you, or an equivalent if you don't have an Apple product, and it will become the new logo for us. And we will announce the winner a couple weeks after submissions close. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Back to The Epic Narrative. Hey everybody, I'm Anna McEwen. And now for Bob Switzer with the Epic Narrative. And welcome back everybody. Thanks so much for showing up on the Epic Narrative. We are continuing our journey through Genesis. It's gonna be an amazing year. I really, I really enjoy some of those mini epics that are coming up in the future chapters, I, I see it, it's getting close. And like, like yeah, like oh, the next chapter, the next chapter is gonna be one that so many people know about, right? It's this chapter of Noah. But then we have this chapter here, chapter five. What is that about? It's all about the family line. It's all about ancestry. It's all about about bloodlines. And evidently, that's really important to God. He puts a whole chapter in here about it. Now, I do know that that many people, uh, and God bless the way that they think. Right? They they read all these things and they mathematically figure out uh, how many people were were born to this group and how long that they lived and where they lived and and they have all of this. It's fascinating to me. They but they have it all mapped out in little. You know, color-coded areas, you know, uh, oh my gosh. But you look at the ages of some of these guys. And you, I mean, you know, some are just, you know, whatever, 162. Uh, Some, you know, some uh, are 362. Some are 187. Another one's uh, 969. Like it's, yeah, that's Methuselah. (laughs) 800 uh 130 it it's 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 a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to read but these guys are like becoming fathers at age 65 becoming fathers at age 130 becoming fathers um at 162 it's like the culture and life that was that was still a part of the of the creation is amazing And a lot of people think, well, are they only having these one sons? Like at at 162, is that when uh, Jared became the father of Enoch? Is that the only son Jared had? And I would say absolutely not. No, these sons are are noted because of who they're going to be connected to or the bloodlines that they continue to produce. Within the ancestry mindset of, of these days, you became it was well not you weren't required to do the family business but you you would naturally get into the family business so like in the last chapter we read about uh you know at the end of the chapter you know so and so uh raised livestock so and so uh made stringed instruments and piped instruments another person figured out uh, how to do uh, smelting right with bronze and iron and made tools You know, to me, I'm sure that that was revolutionary for farming because of how hard and cursed the ground had become because of the fact that it had to drink the blood of uh, Abel. So bloodlines are are important, and the genetics here are very pure. Uh, Aging is clearly way different than it was than it is currently. The environment uh, was pure; there was no pollution. Uh, to, to speak of, there was no uh, impurities in the water. There was no um, imp- whatever. It, well, I, yeah, I'm like Bob. Don't go through a list of bad things in the environment. Okay, I won't. You, know, you can just imagine how pure and clean it was. It had to be fascinating to be a part of that environment. And the genetics being pure. I, I mean, I've, I've read even recently that our, our bodies currently are will naturally live or easily live to 150 years old, I shouldn't say naturally. They'll easily live to 150 and and even longer. They die because of impurities in the environment. There's things that we've taken in that start to break things down sooner than they are than they would if it had been a pure environment. So it's it's even even in today's culture, science can look at at our beings, at our human form, and say, it's not designed to die at 70 or 90. It's designed to live 150, 250, 300. It's, it can do this. But it needs an environment where that can happen. So the purity of the environment is really important. I also want to take a, we take a minute here. Talk about sin. <laughs> as, as I've mentioned several times, a lot of people look at Genesis three as the beginning of human identity, because that's when Adam and Eve sinned. That's when, uh, you know, the, the, the bad stuff happened. I want to I want to be I, I just want to take a minute and, 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 and look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve chose to sin. And Adam and Eve did not have a sin nature. Is that? Are you with me on that? If you remember, we talked about in the uh, in that episode, uh, we talked about the fact that that they were they were they were being invited to do something they had never even thought of before, and that was the fact that God was somehow holding out on them. And and we talked about religion, right? Religion, uh, religion is always trying to get you to earn something that's freely given to you. It's trying to get you to behave certain ways so that you feel justified. You feel righteous. You feel close to God. You feel like you're the one who God God approves of. But religious thought is so filled with pride and arrogance in its very nature. And it doesn't even have to come from a church. It can just come from you as an individual. And it doesn't have to be a Christian mindset. A religious mindset comes, it takes all forms. And at any time that you, you enter into a practice, any kind of practice, and you say to yourself, this is going to elevate me to a place that puts me over other people because they don't do this. It can be, yeah. It, I'm singing, it could be yoga, it could be meditations, it could be scripture memory, it could be uh, church attendance, it, it could be as, you know, your personal uh, quiet time. I've, you know, <laughs> I've met people who have said things like, you know, I've never missed my personal quiet time for, you know, for 837 years. It's like, wow, why? Like, why, why do you, why are you telling me this? I, that's usually what I'm asking internally, but I know why they're telling me. It's because this is their identity. It, I, I am that guy who never get, never misses his personal quiet time. And, and, uh, I think to myself, well, that's fine. Like, that's a fine practice to have, but it shouldn't be your identity your identity comes from God. Your identity comes from who you were made to be. And you were made without a sin nature. Adam and Eve didn't have a sin nature. Well, why did they sin, Bob? why did they choose that? Because choice, choice is, about, yeah, freedom of choice, we talked about that before. Freedom is, is a core value of love. And, you can choose to do something and not have it be your identity, not have it be who you are. You can choose to sin and not be a sinner. Adam and Eve teach us that. This is, this is really important uh, in the world of church-going people or any sort of religious followers it doesn't have to be christianity you know christian churches it religion takes from you it's a it's a thief because it takes from you what god's already given you which is which is a connection to him you could say well bob those, those people you know not everybody's saved you you can't do that no but everybody was created in the image of god it's 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 a natural place for them to be. It's who they, they may not be acting out of that Im, image, but it's who God made them to be. It's a beautiful image to keep going back to, and I think it's important. I, I, obviously, I think it's important. <laughs> I hear the engineer in my head going, Bob, you keep telling us it's important, but you also keep repeating it, which means it's important. Okay, I get it. I probably should cut that per- phrase it. <laughs> cut down on using that phrase i repeat it often because it's it is something that was not noted in my in my heritage right in my christian walk it was early on i was a sinner saved by grace my identity was a sinner god god was going to get me to heaven because he loved me sent his son to die for me but i was a sinner That's not true. <laughs> Christ came when Christ died. He allowed me to be fully aware of the fact that God created me without a sin nature, and although I sin, it is not my identity. It's not who I am. Now I do know, you know, in in uh, in the practice of AA, right, the Alcoholics Anonymous, every time you you're there you remind yourself and everyone else i'm an alcoholic because in their in their system it is important to remember that every day is a success because who you are is an alcoholic and what are you doing you are you are overcoming that identity every day and and i appreciate uh at some level Oh, not at some level i mean i appreciate all the people that they've freed from alcoholism and and i know that I, I know there are there are some who have had to go back many many times i get it it's not a one one size fits all but that's not my point i'm not here to evaluate aA but there's an identity thing there right every time you're there you're an alcoholic every day you have to remind yourself i'm an alcoholic I believe that a lot of Christians need to remind themselves that they're not sinners. I think people need to remind themselves that they are a child of God made in the image of God. Because I think that that's what we notice in the way that like, even in the way that God dealt with Adam and Eve, he didn't deal with them as well. Wow, your, your nature is totally changed. Now I can't get anywhere near you. Uh, I'm going to go home, figure this out. Uh, I, <sighs> somebody's got to die for this. I don't want to kill you. You know, and Jesus Christ is there and he's like, dad, dad, no, 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 you know, let's work out a plan. I, I love these guys. I'll die for them. I I know you're angry and you, and you're frustrated and you want to wipe them out, but you know, let, let me step in. And you know, they figure out this whole salvation plan. Uh, No, God dealt with them. Like, all right, this is what you opened yourselves up to. Remember Adam and Eve didn't repent. They didn't, they didn't ask God to fix anything. They, they, they felt some level of self-punishment that they needed to do. I know so many people that go through that, right? They suffer through that. Another form of it is self-rejection. They go through this because they, they look at their behavior and think that's my identity. I deserve what happened to me because of what I've done already. They, they talk about fate. They talk about karma uh uh you know they even make it christianese and say well you you reap what you sow listen reaping what you sow is a, a is a, a principle of creation and that's why it's important to remind yourself i am not a sinner i may sin but it's not my identity because you reap what you sow you'll reap the benefits of those thoughts over and over and over again i'm a child of god i've I'm made in the image of my Creator. I represent Him, represent Him on this planet. I bring light into darkness. I bring peace to unsettledness. I bring joy to those that are in mourning. I bring hope to those that are hopeless. You could say, but Bob, I, I don't experience that. Like I, I, I get depressed. I get upset. I go into a, a crowd of people that are that are angry, I get angry, like, I don't I don't change anything. And I'd say, then change your mind about it. Change your mind. That's, that's not who you are. You are not somebody who just goes along with a crowd. You're somebody who influences a crowd because of who you are. And you not only influence a crowd with the light and life and love that you bring, you help the crowd understand that they can bring life and love and light to all that they do. It's, it's, it's really obviously something that I, I think uh, a lot of people miss. I think a lot of, and, and a lot of people, I don't even think they're aware of it. Like they're so used to either going through the motions. uh, They have their hope set in heaven someday in the, in the, what, what old words would be, you know, in the sweet by and by, that was like an old hymn. Uh, People love to sing it because it was this promise like, well, basically this world sucks this world's going to get worse things are going to get really really bad but we'll get to heaven in the sweet by and by we'll all get there and that was another hymn right when we all get to heaven that was a gospel like a oh it was a quartet saying it all the time people love that song oh it was great and you know whatever i'm not anti any of that it just uh it it What people believe about themselves that I don't think is true. I don't think it's true, and I do. I, I'll just I'll just mention this. There's a lot of people that go to Romans 7, and they'll say, "See, this is who I am." And and I would encourage you. Uh, almost, <laughs> I was gonna say, I would almost require this, but that's not fair because that's religion. But I would encourage you to look at chapter six. In chapter eight, because chapter six, God is constantly saying, "You, you know, you're dead to sin." In chapter eight, He says, "You're not a sinner. You are, you are the image of Christ. Christ is in you. This is who you are. You are dead to sin. You no longer sin. You're not a sinner. You're, but people." People ignore those two chapters, or they spiritualize them. Well, yeah, that's true. As the Father sees me through the blood of Christ, uh, I am pure. This is true. But chapter 7 is the life that I live here on earth. And then in chapter 8, once again, we're reminded of how wonderful it will be in heaven. That's great. Or... God saying this is who you are. And this is who you're not. And just a reminder, this is who you are. Don't get stuck in the middle. <clears throat> this is awesome. Excuse me, I need I, I don't know why, but that uh that little impression that I did uh really messed up my throat. Hang on. <clears> throat> there, little drink. Little drink will go a long way. All right. Oh my goodness, Bob, where are you? Oh, we're in Genesis. How'd you get to Romans? Just wandering around. Just wandering around. Here we go. Uh, Verse 2 of chapter 5 is really interesting. Uh, Verse 1, this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. The the purity of everything. Uh, Verse 2, he created them male and female and blessed them and named them mankind when they were created. Now some people look at that and say this is a a second Adam and Eve. I don't I don't think it is, but <clears throat> that these two mirror the originals. And these two were not born <clears throat> in another spiritual plane, but were born here on earth. Uh, so the other two, you know, they're saying come from another dimension which is where the garden is, which is where Eden was, and where Cain and Abel and the two trees exist. Just throwing it out there. Why? Because we're all about the possibility. I've, I love I love it when we mess with people's, uh, like, well, at a, it, there's only one. Well, maybe not. It's just kind of fun. It's just kind of fun. All right. I probably shouldn't have even gone there. People are, like, probably freaking out. All right. So here we go. <coughs> Creation. We were made in the image and likeness of God. This is, uh, you know, even referred to in Job chapters one and two. They, there, there was, there were things. Hang on. So, I, I'll just, I'll just continue. I know, I know. For some, it's you're like I've really overstepped here, but just hang with me. Uh, let me just finish this thought. So there are those. Who believe that this is a, a a second Adam and Eve that were created on Earth, that the first ones were were born in a spiritual plane, and they could travel between heaven and earth. They were the sons of God. They could travel and move in and out of uh, spiritual dimensions, just like God can. And uh, these are the ones that we read about later, who took, who found, uh, you know, the women of earth to be incredibly attractive and they would take the women of, of earth and they would make babies with them. And we get the Nephilim, the, the, which we'll get into. We'll talk more about that on another episode. I'm just saying, this is where some, some, some of the heritage, some of the bloodlines people believe were, were contaminated. And that's why that, this chapter is there. It's like, this is the, these are all the bloodlines that are, that are available. <clears throat> these are the ones that we're recounting because they are on Earth. Uh we're 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 you know mankind. This is mankind's history. Whew. All right. So the the well uh I don't know. I don't know if I want to go that far into it, but it was it, it's a fascinating study that these people are not I don't want you to think that they're, they're crazy. They're not. Uh, they have, they have a lot of, uh, verses that they draw from a lot of, a lot of verses that sometimes we just kind of ignore because you think, what, what, what is God talking about? I don't know. This, this must be something like if we narrow our viewpoint to only that of which, you know, we were told or which we understand uh, then we, we miss the opportunity sometimes to see something really amazing and big. And this whole, whole thought that mankind was a different being than what was created in the garden when they were called, you know, um, Elohim. Well, likeness of God. Just throwing that out there. Now, In this chapter, we get all kinds of people. Um, Like I said, Adam is here. Seth is here. uh, uh, Enoch is here. Enoch, uh, it says that, you know, Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years. This is verse 22 and had other sons and daughters. In other words, lots of things. Enoch... Uh, had lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God and he was no more because God took him away. That's a that's an amazing thing. He just disappears. And if you read the books of Enoch, which are basically like a journal from his perspective, his interaction, he was he <laughs> he went through multiple journeys into spiritual realms. Multiple journeys and 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 it was very natural for him to be there and he would he describes them in detail and then he also describes what's going on on earth and he describes the results of people's behaviors and the 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 spiritual things that were released uh, as a result of people's behavior as things are leading up to Noah so I found those books. I know I've mentioned them a number of times, not because I think that they're the Bible. I'm not trying to take the Bible, uh, add to the Bible. I'm not. But it's an amazing recount of of, of this man, and it seems to have pretty substantial historical, um, I don't want to say accuracy. We'll say uh, the history of it is legitimate in that it's it's not seen as a book that somebody wrote you know in Europe in the you know during the middle ages and then pass it off as a book that that was written in the in the middle east during this early early earth early times of of the earth it uh it holds up it holds up academically now noah also comes out during this time in this in this chapter and it says noah uh verse 30 after after noah sorry verse 29 Lemech <clears throat> had a had lived a 182 and he had a son, he named him Noah, and he said, He will comfort us in labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground that the Lord cursed. And of course, here they, they still all give God credit for making the earth horrible, but it was it was Adam who did it, and we all know that. So Noah, it says that Noah will comfort us or give us. Rest. Now many believe in the Jewish historical oracle uh, uh, history, they believe that Adam's curse would end with a with the a male that was born after Adam's death. So they knew that there would be a man in the future. this is what they believed. and after so after Adam died, Noah is born. He's the first male born after Adam died. So this is why he gets the uh, the pr- the prophetic words spoken over him. <clears throat> and this this is Lemek, who says this is the one. So Noah is set apart at birth as the one who is going to do something that would break the curse of the land so that it would actually be easier to to farm again they they probably believed that it would go back to the pre uh pre day, the days before, prior to eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like it would become super easy again to plow up the fields and the earth would just you know explode with what whatever they planted there so noah in the in the Anarchies uh, anarchies, in the (laughs) archaeological history, Noah is given credit for coming up with several farming tools that made life easier. It made the made more ground, more usable. It 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 uh, it was starting to break the curse. I don't think. He you know, I don't I don't know what he thought he would do, but but that was evidently the 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 direction that he started to go in as a, as a young man uh, hearing that he was the one that was going to bring that, bring about this type of uh, this type of mindset, not mindset, this type of uh, a result in that whatever he was doing was going to bring about easier farming. So he went in the direction of maybe new tools and he used iron and he used, uh, you know, brass and he and copper, and he figured out ways to break up the ground more easily. It's kind of fascinating to think about. And for me, it changes some of the things that, that sometimes we are uh, noted, uh, generally speaking about Noah, that somehow he was just the only guy on the planet who loved God, and so God was like, well, you're the only guy that gets out. No, this was a guy who was watched by men. This was a guy who uh, when he brought a new invention, you know, into the into the culture, people wanted to see it. They wanted to try it, they wanted to buy it. Noah probably made money selling inventions and tools to the farmers of, of the of the world. It made life easier. Noah had five sons, or three sons, sorry, in 500 years, three sons that are noted. And I'm sure lots of daughters. So one of the questions I have is like, is it was it normal to like have kids every 70 or 100 years? Or was it normal not to have that many sons? Or did they not have sex very often? because they were working so hard. Uh, some seem to really know all of the answers to that. like absolutely. They only had you know Noah only had three sons. they, they only repro- you know they, they, they only reproduced once every 70 to 100 years. They, they would raise a child till it was you know married and having children on their own and then they would have another. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't buy that. But I can't defend it either. i I just it's just an opportunity for you to like to think about Earth's population at this time. I don't know. but a lot of people seem to. A lot of people seem to know what the number was. And if you're a, a, a young earth person, you know what the number is. and if you're an evolutionary person, you have no idea what the number is, and and I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. But there were a lot of people here, a lot. And and Enoch, Enoch walked with God so much, and this is why I, I think that there's some so much credibility to the book of Enoch. He was in heaven so often that God finally was like, you know what, just you can do what you want. Like, you can stay or go. And I think Enoch traveled in and out of spiritual realms, just like uh, just like God is designed to do. Like he tapped into that ability. And I don't, I don't want to say that we don't have that ability. I just think we're so deaf to the frequencies of of creation around us that we we just don't know what we can do. And I think in a lot of ways the Earth just is like, come on, like do you have any idea? What you're created to be. Do you have any idea the authority and power that you're created to have? And you're numb to it. You're dumbed down to religious practices that mean nothing because you, you have all of this. You have all of this and you do nothing with it. So when I read these things about you know, about, about creation, I just keep thinking, what, what, am I, what am I not tapped into? I need to do more. I need to find more. Anyways, I, 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 you know, we we go into this. It's it's a it's kind of a boring chapter. I get it, and I know I kind of went off on some other things. But I want you to have some fun, and imagine all the possibilities, all the possibilities that are going on in the world, all the families lines that this is drawn to, all the family gatherings that would what it would look like, and and remember that it's not like a moon like the earth is beautiful and it it is it is lush it's just difficult and the people get to you know they know each other they they understand that they're connected they it it blows my mind when i look at these things and realize like like noah is born and he's the first male born after adam died which means he still has opportunity <laughs> to, to speak to people who were alive at that time. He didn't necessarily speak to Adam, but he could have spoken to Eve. He could have spoken to, um, uh, oh, who's the guy that, Seth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who replaced Abel? He could have spoken with Seth. Directly. To, I mean, how bizarre is that? Because of how long everyone lived. He's speaking to people who were literally alive that long, you know, that at that point of creation. He probably spoke to people who were alive in the garden or in the land of Eden before they came to earth. He knows all of this. And not just him, but people people speak about it. The legends, the the truth. The there are those that are that are I would imagine in, at some level preaching that of what they missed and how we got to make sure God doesn't, you know, uh, in their opinion, get mad at us again. Or many are like, no, like we have tremendous powers. And I, uh, you know. I went over a brief briefly went over this possibility, but what if they what if the spiritual beings of of other realms were allowed to travel in and out of uh, earth? What if those spiritual beings were were created by God to help humans and and move them along, help give them wisdom, teach them. How to stay connected to creation, and what if those beings just overstepped because they just thought, "Man, these girls are gorgeous," and and what they saw in the creation of humans was so attractive because humans reflected the Creator in ways that no other being in the in the spiritual realms uh, did. Uh, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. That's what I mean. Like, let your imagination run. But wherever it brings you, I want you to, I want you to, it, it's got to bring you back. It's got to bring you back to who you truly are. You are created in the image of God. You are not created with a sin nature. Wherever your imagination goes, go back to that place where you you start to strip away religion Things that you're supposed to do in order to make sure God is happy with you and doesn't doesn't allow bad things to happen to you because you know you're that good. And I think it's important when you use your imagination, as you are drawn to the ideally you want to be you want to draw yourself to the light and love uh, of the beginning of creation you want to draw yourself to the original frequencies of creation so that you really start to hum with the with the, what God has created but also leave yourself some mystery mystery is really valuable and a lot of people are uncomfortable with it because they just want to know this is what this is what the bible says this is what I, you know this is what my preacher said this is what the book i read said so i'm just going to this is the evidence that you know demanded a verdict said I've got everything down I don't need any mystery in my life oh but I think we miss we you know we miss it I think mystery remember darkness came out of the light it darkness came out of the light that God created darkness is the mystery that's available for us to interact with it's not scary it's it's not a uh, it's not evil it's just mystery it's okay let's step into it enjoy it and if you don't have time for it right now that's fine just don't be afraid of it if your imagination starts to run all right uh all right next week next week we will start getting into the craziness down here on earth it's it's just (laughs) yep all right that's it for now have yourself a good day everyone Don't go anywhere. We've got Bob Thoughts. <laughs> All right. So uh, I laugh because, you know, this episode was, uh, well, it's just weird, right? In, in a lot of ways. It's not, it's probably not one that you see a lot of preaching on because it's really about, about bloodlines and, and unless at some level, you think that the bloodlines had become contaminated. There's really no reason for there to be a, a record, a you know, an accurate record of of bloodlines. But uh, so I, I get it. Like so some of you, if this is your first, uh, if this is your first uh, 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 rodeo with <laughs> with the epic narrative you probably walk away and go man this guy's just weird but it is part of the story and it's in scripture and you and and i believe you need to be able to interact with it in such a way that you have some reason for it to be there otherwise it's it's some sort of throwaway chapter like well i, I don't know they just wanted us to know where everybody was from and how long everybody was living and there is value to that you definitely get the aging of of the earth and you get the the expansion of the population, etc. But there's also there's also those bloodlines that you need. I don't know if you need to, but but you have the opportunity to interact with. So that being said, what I really wanted to my thoughts uh, uh, went to today was the idea that there should be people that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of that you can that. Uh, that at some level you remain friends with, but you don't necessarily have to agree with. Theological conversation should be a, a, a continual part about theology, right? Theology is often presented in today's Western culture as, as, a, as a rock solid thing. Something that has been determined by smarter, wiser, more educated people than you, and and now you get to just leave it alone. You just believe what we say. We have a statement of faith. You know, it has 12 points, 24 points, 48 points. We have, a, you know, a, a creed that we that we resuscitate, resuscitate, rejuvenate, re, regurgitate that we say over and over again. And and in you know in all of this, you know what you believe, and that's all you need to know. But theology was not was was not that. Like theology was always a conversation up until the modern era when when the scientific pursuit of truth infiltrated the church, theology became a science rather than a conversation. And I believe it can be both and should be both and has and unfortunately has moved away from the conversation part for years. I do think the conversation is coming back unfortunately. It gets maligned a lot as deconstructionism, and that becomes this big, uh, (laughs) I laugh because literally people have made ministries and personal, you know, platforms out of the idea of deconstruction, and all they're trying to do is get you to stop believing what everybody tells you to believe. But at some level, they're telling you to believe what they're telling you to believe, which is don't believe everything everybody tells you to believe it's it's ironically twisted and many 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 people fall for it but that's okay god bless them they're doing what they think they need to do but the theological conversation should be taking place and it, and and it's a, those conversations are good i've had one recently where i sat and and for me to go you know past eight 30 at night in a deep conversation is is not a normality for me but when I'm engaged in that sort of conversation I think I went to 11 o'clock that night it was really good and we didn't I would say agree on every nuance we agreed on some of the basic core things about God right God is love God is good Uh, Jesus is the way to, to the father, like those sort of things were, were core values we all agreed on, but we didn't all agree on all the nuances of all the things that were being said. And it was okay. And it was so refreshing. Like I, I left the conversation, not like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta come up with better points tomorrow. Cause I was going to see them again tomorrow. Uh, I, you know, I, I gotta convince this person I left going, wow, you know, that was, that was a, fun conversation that was a life-giving conversation i was challenged they were challenged i've got some new things to think about they have some things to think maybe we, like i didn't leave wanting to debate them or or correct them i left wanting to have another conversation with them because it was it was engaging and life-giving and and i would say like iron iron sharpening iron to put it in a christianese phrase it was beneficial And we've lost the benefit of that because most, most, broad brush, most leaders of churches and ministries are trying to maintain their kingdom. They are not looking to take in new ideas. They're looking to take in new followers. And if you're going to develop followers and not leaders, then you need people to just do what they're told or, or agree with what you're saying because they need to follow you. And you take on the quote, responsibility for their spiritual development and you take on the role of making sure they know the right things to know, or they could get it wrong and fall off the face of you know, the Christian world. Like that kind of responsibility is, uh, it's arrogant to take that on. It's arrogant. I'm not saying that your heart's not right. I'm not saying you're not motivated correctly. It's just, it's not a role anyone was supposed to have. The role we're supposed to have is to engage in relationship, maintain conversation, and help people be followers of a king, not of one of the, you know, not of a ministry, not of a pastor. It's it's a it's a fascinating di uh, diametric that that people need to interact with. So I would encourage you, you have an imagination about a about a uh, you know a story like I do. Like I I listened to the bloodlines and I was I was like, wow, Bob, like <laughs> It's a good thing you bounce these ideas off of people because you can sound crazy to a lot of people and that's fine. I don't mind, but I also don't, I don't, I don't teach the epic narrative with the idea of here is the right view on the story. What I hope to do is engage people's imaginations so that they go, wow, I never thought of that. Or wow, I need to look into that. Or that's, that's what I've always thought when I read that passage. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We're just telling a story. But when it comes to your life, you need to engage. You need to interact. And if you interact with people that are just saying, nope, this is what it says, nope, this is what you need to believe, those aren't conversations. I'm not saying they're not nice people, but you need to find other people to engage with, strengthen yourself with, challenge yourself with. And sometimes, you know, it may end up just being in the form of literature or. Or podcasts, or um, you know, conferences that you go to, just so that you get a different point of view so that you can sharpen and 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 strengthen where you're coming from, without just putting together ammunition to shoot at other people who might not agree with you. All right, enough thoughts for today. I hope you guys are having a fabulous one out there on this beautiful, amazing planet that we get to exist on. I uh, I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you again next week on The Epic Narrative. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use. You can also reach out to Bob for questions or booking at thebobswitzer.com or email him at thebobswitzer at gmail.com. See you next week, guys.